I got a question right off the top, guys. We've never done this before. Why well, I know. Just switching things up. I really like the beat, and we don't get to hear it enough at the end. Um, why don't we butter both sides of toast? What kind of question is that? I don't ever. I, I can't remember the last time I just decided I'm going to eat toast. So that's a problem right there. No, 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 maybe that's not a problem for me. Jace, turn yourself down a smidge. Who just bees like, I'm just going to have plain ass toast with butter. 100% every single day, I think that. Just you turn the knob down just a skosh. Uh, You don't eat toast? Why would I eat toast? Because it's good. Just another smidge. God damn it, Brad. I swear to God. (laughs) It's, uh... You know, if there's a biscuit or a roll in How's play, that? I'm I'm in. But just you plain toast. Your, your, you see how big your files are there? It looks normal to me. They look massive to me. They're filling out the whole height of the channel. Tur- I haven't. I have not adjusted. I'm becoming like Rylan with this stuff now. I have not touched one thing since the last you time we recorded. Much, you see how much bigger you are than us? No, it looks totally normal on mine. On my end, it looks like you're massive. Okay. Maybe it's me. I can confirm the size, but I, mean, I think See, Rylan says you look massive too. Do, do, do you want me to turn it down more? I'll turn it. I'll turn all the fucking way down. No, don't turn it all the way down. <laughs> yeah. You asshole! You said that like a threat. How's this? Is this better? Just, yeah, I guess. Just back up a little bit. We'll see what happens. Man, I, I, you know, it never fails. It's all something. It's always something. You're right. Are you turning down the mic gain? Mic line gain one. Nob? Yeah. This is always a fun game. Welcome into Human Dads, everybody. Stay uh, stay around for more uh, mic level talk. I turned it down more. How's that? Oh, this is perfect. Look at the size now. Now, yeah, if you're I, low, I can knock you up. Okay. It's like so, adding salt to a dish. You have to, you can't take it out, but you can put it in. Yeah, it's like waiting for one pump too late. Like, what do you, you mean? might as well pull out one early. Pull out what? pumps when you know what I'm talking about no I don't this is is a kid's show human dance 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 Human dance. Uh, we need to go human back dance. to what we started talking Our about test. a minute ago. Human dance. Get up. Okay. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Get up off your ass. Oh your mom. 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 Tell your mom to listen. Tell your mom to listen. Tell your mom. Get up off your ass for the Human Dads Podcast. I don't have the setup for that. That's not how my checking account works. Um, <laughs> uh, Jace, what's it's, the date? They're 120 bucks. I've been trying to tell you guys this. Today is February 11th, 2023. And what's the day? Today is Saturday. And Rylan, what's the episode number? 
Oh, you give me the hard question. I don't know, like one twenty-eight. Uh, that is a good question. Is it one twenty-seven or one twenty-eight? Who who knows? It's going to be episode one twenty-seven. Okay. Who'd have thought? Who thought? I always told Molly, I was like, "There's no way we're going to make it to one twenty-seven." You you would say that right at the beginning. Particularly after episode one twenty five is when I started saying it, but I yeah, was like, "There's that, no way we're going to make it to one twenty seven. That actually does make sense. That tracks. Um, happy uh, Super Bowl Eve to those that uh, are we allowed to say that? No, happy, you have to say yes. the big game. Yeah, happy football uh, participation uh, game that's going to happen tomorrow on Sunday, February twelfth. Uh, uh, let's go back to what we were talking about before we introed the show. I was toasting some brioche like you do. And, um, I, you know, the brioche got hot on me quick, got the backside. I don't, for whatever reason, my toaster, the front part, if it's golden and perfect, the back part is going to be like, yeah, if it's, it's like char. a, it's like they're 30 seconds off or something like the, the back, the front side is going to come out perfect and golden. The back side is going to look like black or, you know, darkish brown getting into the black. And when I popped it out, I was like, man, six year old ain't going to go for this. Let me just see if I can throw a little butter on the back side of this bitch. See if I can get some moisture in there and I don't have to hear about it. And I see him side eyeing it as I'm doing it. And I was like, it's going to be good. Don't worry about it. And he ends up eating the toast. But it got me thinking. Are there people out there that are buttering both sides of the toast or is it just like this is what we've always done so this is what we continue to do? Rylan expressed uh, what I would consider a fairly hot take of being out on toast. Um, yeah, that's weird. I I love toast. Uh, I'm not saying I'm eating it all the time, but I'll go through phases where I'll knock down some toast on you. Maybe some peanut butter toast, maybe some peanut butter and jelly toast, maybe just some plain old butter toast. But I'll I'll do some toast in me. Jace. Yeah, I, I am I am widely known as being the toast guy. Uh I, have you I, ever I, buttered both sides? No, I don't butter, but that's well, there's a lot of problems with that. Functionality, that's that's a you don't want to put a, a buttered toast down on top of a plate. That's weird. Why? Uh, well, it, because it gets. Here's the main issue: it gets sog bread, and you don't want sog bread. Like the other part of the How toast. How far is are you toasting your toast? Well, you. I toast until a very nice dark brown. But okay. But the butter creates sog bread, and you 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 keep the. I you keep the, the 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 crunchy backside. You like a crunchy backside. You gotta have a crunchy backside. Ooey gooey on the front. Yeah, ooey gooey on the front. Yes, and crunchy on the back. And the contrast is when is you when you're delicious. Eating. Yeah, is that's the way I like to eat. That's and what so, you're saying. Is what I'm saying. So I I would never. And plus, you don't want to over butter, man. Like butter's not good for you. We're what if in you our forties. What if you took the it's butter for you, you than bread? Oh, if you're going to if you're going to have more butter or more bread or less butter or less bread, you should up the butter and lower the bread. Fair enough. Uh, what if you were to take the same amount of butter you were going to use and just split it front and back? Do start out on the front, no. turn it over Why? and Why? spread it on the back side. Do you see what he's doing? 
It's almost like he every yeah, episode I'm, now. I'm pro backside though, so it's hard for me to every get episode. Mad. It's un- I don't know what you're talking. I about. know what you're saying, man. He's, I, he's, I feel like he's such a pervert. He's really I, I, he's he's kind of he's boxing out a certain type of listener that maybe doesn't want to have that with their coffee. I mean, you guys hear Layla coughing. Yeah, just a little bit. We're recording right now. That doesn't mean they're drinking their coffee right now. They might be. It's possible, yeah. but they what if be. they're what if they're getting lubed up and it's seven thirty and they're uh, then you know they sending need to get a better life? They're sending texts to the other room trying to get you know some connection. That's an interesting thing to nurture. Question is: Do you guys spend significant leisure time at home? In separate rooms as your significant other? Yes. Like, are you always in, is it like, is the default like the separate room and then you, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then you at some point come together? Uh, The the default is absolutely the separate room. Yes. That's interesting. Uh, I don't want to say it's default. What it more likely turns into is headphone in while British people are on the television. So technically British people and, or some sort of, uh, what do I want to call it? Reality based show. Quote unquote. (laughs) Does it involve, does it involve housewives or little people? Not even housewives. More of the, uh, I would call it reality lifestyle. Is that, you know who I'm talking about now? Like reality lifestyle shows. Like uh, Paula Dean? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I no, do like, like some good food shows. I don't really watch much anymore, but I do like some good food shows. But I'll have a headphone in, you know, looking at whatever, listening to whatever, and she'll be on the opposite side of the couch watching <laughs> British and or reality lifestyle shows. And we sometimes a, that's separate rooms. We do but have an agreement in our marriage that's pretty... I would say it, it's ironclad agreement and that is if if she wants to watch something british she does it when i'm not home listen mm. to him laying down the law dude listen well, to that scene no, control here's why and the, the, the question i'm proud the, of you no you don't need to explain yourself i'm looking the at Brad. i asked the I, question in the first place was we have a tendency after dinner is done and kitchen is cleaned up we just we just decide, do we go over here and watch TV? Do we go sit in here and put on a record and have a drink? Like we generally just go to where we just posse up and go somewhere just as a pair for that couple hours before people start getting tired, you know? A lot of times it will de- de- uh, depend on uh, uh, sport situations too. Like I'm not going to be like, hey, I just want you sitting next to me while I watch this and you're reading you know, a book on your phone. Like I don't necessarily need that at all, but that will happen from time to time. And like I said, I'll have a speaker, a headphone in while she's watching something British. That doesn't mean though, that we're always on the same page as to do you want this speaker in my ear while you watch this show? Or did you take it as a sign of me clocking out and we're not going to watch anything together. So it is better in these situations that we do have some sort of content or like you said, some sort of understanding that we're just going to sit there and listen to music, we're hang together. out and talk yeah. or whatever. No, if there's if there's 
content on the TV that is only of interest to one person, then the other person doesn't really give a shit, right? Like they're not taking a big opinion about where you got to hang or, or I want you to watch this with me. And we don't play that stuff, but you know, if it's a, if it's an East coast or a central time, you know, Mavericks engagement, for example, you know, Courtney might watch, but do other stuff at the same time. Like she might be in and out or I'll just be like, eh, let's watch something together. You know, it's that better when we have a show to talk about. Like yeah. we're watching the, uh, I don't know what it's on. Jason shrinking. Jason That's Siegel. Apple TV. Yeah. It's an Apple yeah TV. We, we started watching that. It's good. It's good enough. It's a good show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I enjoy it. Uh, it's a little cheesy, but I enjoy it. And, yeah, you I don't know, mind. I don't mind having one of those in the rotation. Everything doesn't have to be uh, Breaking Bad or Mad Men. You know, it can be like just for fun. Watching the uh, the Abbott Elementary. And uh, I'm trying to think what else we watched together. There's one other show. I feel like there's something else I'm forgetting. I don't remember. Yeah. Sex I... Lives of College Girls. Although I think that's past now. I we live a very separate life as it relates to that stuff, uh, and we have no no need to do it. Like she's she has a very specific taste in you know what she likes to watch, and I'm disinterested as, as much as I could be, and I I don't have any desire to, in, in, to like feign that interest. So I y'all don't watch The Crown together. I the no, Crown. I I don't watch The Crown at all. None of us watch The Crown. You specifically be... told us we should watch The Crown. Okay, but that was a long time ago. I stopped watching a long time ago. I want y'all to know something. If The Crown was actually the name of an in-depth documentary about the 1989 to 1993 Texas Rangers, I would still never watch it because it's called The Crown. And I'm just... It's, a, it's I like not the, on the list. It's a, it's a good show. I mean, it's like a good the, show. I like the idea that Ryland thought possibly somebody thought 1989 to 93 was worth that was when I was a kid and I could name you like who the, I could tell you about like, uh, I don't know, like Ruben Sierra middle, middle reliever like, for today in Seattle, yeah, Terry Matthews or somebody, right? Like some middle reliever, you know, that's just, that's the most obscure Ryland only thing in the world. And if it's named the crown, I'll never click on it to see what it's about because it's named the crown footage of the general manager talking about Ruben Sierra's elbow injury. That's going to derail them from third place. Julio Franco did have a really debilitating bone bruise on his knee (laughs) around that time. 89. Does that grab Pete and Cavillia in there for you? I think it does. I think that does grab some, it grabs everybody. (laughs) Pete and Cavillia time. It gets all the best people from the Tom Grieve, Bobby Valentine (laughs) era, which is my life. Pete and Cavillia down hot dogs behind the scenes so that Pete we can Cavillia, Jack Doherty, Rubes, Gary feel, Pettis. Feel for the color of the 1989 Rangers. Like a 20-year-old Wando coming up, swinging uh, at everything. Baby wanna, Pudge, Rafi, Franco, we, Bouchelle, okay. all those guys, man. That's my, that's my team. He my team. I wish you could uh, keep going so that I could then do like a little insert of like a time sequence passing and you still be like, I could still could <laughs> Charlie. Could, Huff. But I'm not good. Yeah. Charlie Huff, you know, Jose Guzman, Cecil SBO to be yeah, Bobby, Bobby Witt, <laughs> Kevin uh, Brown. 
Who's the third Jeff, baseman? Jeff Russell, Dean Palmer. Well, Dean Steve Palmer. Buschel, then thank Dean you. Palmer. Yeah, thank Mario you. Diaz, Jeff Fry. Kevin Ulster. He was a little later. Kevin Brown uh, track always tracked to me as a red ass guy. Yes, I think he was a total D. Like, did, he, did anybody else get that vibe? He always, definitely. It's always like, why is he acting like my dad? I don't. Yeah, like, he just looked. Even his baseball card, he just looked mad. Yeah, he just looked Can like he, the heart. He looked like the honestly to me, he looked like the red ass baseball players at our high school when I was like ten, and I'd be like, I love baseball, but I don't think I want to play with that guy when I'm a few years older. Jeff Kunkel. Okay. You know, Kenny, Kenny Rogers was the same way. Harold Baines. Just kind Kenny of dick. Rogers. Kenny Rogers, like, is the rules of baseball. Right. And then, like, Unwritten looking rules. out, like, looking out as the game changes, and he's like, those are the good ones right there. Mm-hmm. Those, these other ones, I don't know what the game is becoming. Yeah. What about yeah. Kevin Reimer, Cecilio oh, Guantes, Mike right. Stanley, Gino Petrali. Mike Stanley, Gino Petrali. How did he get this far? Shout out to White yeah, Denim. Uh, uh, Gary Kenny, Milkey, okay. the great Gary Milkey, Chad Kruder. Chad Kruder had that baseball card, son of a bitch. Is, was he the one that played uh, all nine positions in a game? That might be him. Uh, Jeff Hewson. Can't forget also- Jeff Hewson. This is also during the span of that. John time. Russell, different okay. from Jeff Russell. Okay. That 20-inning Kansas City Royals game that I remember. 21 innings? What was it? 19, 20, 21 innings? It was something ridiculous. Um, can we talk basketball since there was Brian big- Downing, Billy Hasselman, Pudge came up during that time. Did you say Harold Baines yet? Harold Baines, of course. Famous trade. Wilson Alvarez. Mike Jeffcoat had the most disjointed. Jim's uh, brother. From the stretch, uh, delivery. Gerald Alexander had big eyebrows. Oil can Boyd, Mark Pekisic, Calvin right. Giraldi had it swim through there. Two more. Make them good. Two more. I got enough footage now. I got Scott Champarino and Brian Bohannon. Brian Bohannon barely made it in. Lefty, right? Yeah. Damn. Uh, can we talk basketball? Since it was a big week, we're not a sports podcast, but but we like it, sports, so it's okay to talk about. It did. I uh, told you about I, Scott Champarino. I did find myself uh, just wanting to talk Maverick all week and basketball writ large or at large. Uh, Before you start with Maverick, I do want to make just one blanket statement, which is that by midday on Thursday, which was the day of the trade trade deadline. I really, I don't have any idea who anybody plays for in the NBA right now. Like, I have no clue. Like Sixty players traded. Yeah, it was wild. Right? Like that's people, make, I've never seen. I make like who that. he play for jokes, but this is a. It's going to be who he play for for the rest of the year for me. Shit, the t- the teams themselves are not going to know everybody's names for like two weeks. Like, uh, you know, you got people coming in off of injury who aren't even in locker rooms yet, but they've been traded and they're going to be going through the rest of their rehab. And maybe they sent out a a text to team members that they did know, but there's so much movement. It's one of those things where you walk in and you're like, all right, everybody say their name to the group uh, today. Uh, I'm, we talked a little bit about Kyrie and I felt like we did a good job of not talking about like personally, personal opinions on on Kyrie Irving like not 
the off the court stuff, although I don't think it, you know, can be easily ignored, but just more keeping it to the pragmatics of on the court. Are they actually going to trade for him? I didn't think it was that likely that they would trade for him. But to me, I think, and we already knew this, it showed me that how quickly that trade came together that we can't, and we already knew this, like I said, can't believe a thing Mark Cuban says. Because while he didn't address, are you going to trade for Kyrie or not? He didn't even have time to. If you go back like 10 days previous and the quote came out that, uh, Tim, I believe Tim McMahon was said source close to Luca had told uh, management and or ownership that he wants help. And Cuban mm-hmm. came out and was like vehement in his denial of it, which one, maybe he's doing it to posture to make it seem like, hey, we're not actually that needy. So don't come in here with your bogus trade offers or two. He just likes to be kind of defiant when something negative about him or the organization comes out in the press. And I don't even know that that's negative to me. It's crazy that it was even a consideration as to if Luca had told somebody within the Maverick organization, Hey, I think we should get some other good players in here. To me, it would be crazy if he wasn't at least whispering that to somebody who gets a paycheck from the Mavericks organization. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that it got followed up with almost immediately within a day or two after that, of Tim's headline. It got followed up with a follow on from either someone in the organization or, or I don't remember exactly the source, but someone that it was like, it was almost Cuban kind of uh, tacitly endorsed this statement, which was that someone said, uh, Luca and Nico have a great relationship and talk all the time. And so it was like it's okay to say that the super in Mark, in Cuban's eyes it's okay to say that the superstar and the GM have a have a good working relationship and and stay in touch. They have their one-on-one sync on their Outlook calendar every week or whatever. Door is always open, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't okay to say that Luca said what he wanted. But we all know damn good and well that Luca did say what he wanted. And that's the whole point of Luca existing. And this is just Mark Cuban not liking Tim McMahon's headline for the umpteenth time. And if Mark Cuban doesn't like something, first of all, Tim McMahon will not report anything that isn't actually credible. He is a legit journalist, period. And secondly, if Cuban has a problem with it, all that means is that it's even more true, and he's just mad that Tim didn't come to him to shape the story. Yeah, it's Tim McMahon. It's not... Saw somebody in a daycare line, and I got we a blog. Got, Between him Price. And Mark Stein, we got everything we need. To, you know, I mean, those are the two guys that aren't doing Tim Kawakami headlines, right? Those are the two guys that are. You know, People I don't want to get all journalistic on us, but those, I just, are the, those are the two guys. That if they report something, it's real. So taking it back to that context, and I'm sure there's I don't, others, but you know, I don't understand why Cubes one says anything. He's because he's Cuban, and we should know better. But two. I don't. If you were I the don't smartest understand. man in the world, Brad. You would feel compelled to speak on a lot of things too. Uh, so I don't. Let's I don't all step aside and let Mark have the burden of being the smartest man in the world. I don't understand why Cuban wouldn't just come out and say, "Of course, he said he wants to improve the team. We all want to improve the team. This yeah. is like kind of what we're in it for. Yeah. We got to the Western Conference Finals, played over our heads last year, lost a, a cornerstone of that team. Haven't really found a way to place replace him because Javale McGee doesn't do the same thing." Uh, we've got some young stars who probably got some potential and some value. Uh, we've got a 
big mix of veterans. We're an, a little bit of an older team. So obviously there's some ways we could improve this team. The idea I, that the one of the best players in the league said we should do so, I wouldn't want him saying anything else. Of course, we're in the market. I think I think that he's still sensitive about the the mural. Uh, mural. Yeah, like yeah. the the whole idea. Yeah, this that was the timing. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. This was around the same time. Yeah, th- that he's that that it's disrespectful to the players that are there if you talk about trading them away to get better players and so on. And which I mean, th- half joking, but I do. I th- I think that he is ultra protective of you know, the, the guys that play on the team and, and to a fault in this case, because no doubt, just, you know, you call yourself the benefactor. You're on a show called shark tank. We're all big boys. Yeah. Okay. High leverage moments for millionaires playing in basketball competitions in front of thousands of people every night, I think has them where they have tough skin to where they can, like, I feel bad and I understand everything you're saying. They are human beings. Dorian Finney-Smith gave this team a discount. There's no contending that. He gave them a discount because he liked everything that you just talked about, right? And you still pulled the trigger on what might be a rental, what might be destruction of a team, or what might be considered, at best, like an enigmatic, underachieving superstar. And I wouldn't say that's at best, but... At worst, he means. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, at worst. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he actually won one. Uh, so I can't say that he hasn't achieved at the highest levels. That was coming up on seven years ago. Um, which was but, also the last time he played a normal, uninterrupted, non weird year. I think pretty much right. Maybe not seven, but close to seven. Maybe like five. Yeah. That's the last time he played more than sixty six games in a season. Yeah. Sixty five you know games else, in a season. You know who else you can say that about though? Durant. Now, yeah. granted, he doesn't have all the weird uh, outside stuff. He has different outside stuff. He has like middle school girl level outside stuff. But same thing, dude's been hurt. And he's got a ton games. of uh, injuries. And yeah, I went thirty five. He to me, uh, I wonder. Uh, just side note, Durant. Like, if that guy doesn't get one more, although I think it's kind of likely that he's going to get one more if he's in Phoenix. Uh, if he Chris doesn't, Paul ain't winning, a, ain't winning a ring. If he doesn't get one more, dude, that freaking toe on the line is going to have such an impact on his. I think for uh, a certain sect of people who love to hate him, me, yeah, he's not going to have like that. That toe on the line gets him to the finals. I think they could possibly, maybe it doesn't get him to the finals. But does he get a chance to get to another finals and solidify his name even more among the people who would hate him? Like, I think he's undeniably great. He is, Kevin Durant is the rare and maybe only example I can think of of a guy who is legendary, all-time great status in his sport that I have liked less and less as his as his career went forward and as he established himself as a legendary all-time great in his sport. Anybody else, people that I started out hating, you know, for team reasons, like Kobe, for example. or I was going to say, compare him to your dislike of Kobe. Yeah, I mean... Chris Paul's up there for me, too. Chris Paul's on that tradition. Yeah, yeah, Chris Paul's probably the only... But he's not as good as Durant. Chris Paul's great. 
But Durant is... He's not on that same level. No, Durant is like an offensive alien. Like, Durant is... You know, we talk about how Dirk could score more different ways than anybody, than a lot of guys. Durant's better than that, offensively. Durant can do more on the offensive end of the ball than Dirk could and, and, and do it in more different ways than a lot of other guys because of his size and how he plays and whatever. N- neither here nor there. I just... He... He, he just has become he's just become so unlikable and all of this team moving stuff and trying to get guys here and get guys there and none of them have worked out sustainably for him. He's in the middle of the Venn diagram. People want to talk about Harden, people want to talk about Westbrook. I don't necessarily think those guys are Harden looks like you know, a genius now. He does, but I'm Harden, just saying like they have this kind of this cloud over him in terms of team relations as does Kyrie as does a lot of these guys, but Durant is too good to have this. And it, and, it, and and yet it's like every time he tries to find a situation, it gets weird, it gets sideways. Like you know, said, you I'm think just, he should have figured it out more. As good For as good as he is, I mean, yeah, he should have. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't match up. You look at the other guys that you say are in, that you would say are in his league, uh, career-wise for the entire known modern history of the NBA in terms of offensive skill set and just ability. And I kind of think he's alone in being on a bunch of teams with weird drama, right? If you look at his contemporaries like Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, mm-hmm. Magic, Shaq, Bird, yeah. he's in yeah. that conversation. Mm-hmm. Of course he And is. somehow they all figured it out. Yeah. And, if and not at multiple it locations out. in multiple eras. And with other superstars, yeah, that's fair. I still, I, love you him. know, I just, I, I think, I mean, I, I like to watch him play, but I think that the that the middle school cafeteria level on that team between CP3, Booker, and KD, oh god, so I, easy gonna be, to hate. They're going to be a problem. Yeah, they're going to be a problem, but they're going to be easy to hate, and I don't think they're going to win the title. I don't because I just don't think Chris Paul's capable of being on a team that wins one. I think he's I don't think really Booker not is either. Chris Paul's not very good I, right now. I, I mean, not anymore, I don't, yeah. Out of like, all of the things, and this is kind of when I wanted to have Mavericks conversation. I'm. I figured out this week I'm a bad fan because I'm not good at believing over going with what I know. Like I'm not a good fan for that reason. I've just never been a good home we team. We, You're we, a shitty home yeah, team we, fan. Yeah, we know. We know. We, we just and when you take a situation like this and you talk about like, what could Kyrie be? What could happen with this team? It's easy to just point and be like, here, here's what I know. Here's where I can look at is what has happened. Here's what I know. Let's just start at games played per season. Look at the reasons why for all you want, but you can't deny like those, they just trend downward. Right? So here's what I know. Taking that into what I believe could happen to me, it's easier, easier, much easier to believe that somebody like Chris Paul and Kevin Durant could figure it out with especially uh, like their biggest obstacle is probably Denver, Dallas or the Clippers. I still like all of those matchups for the Suns. No, if you're not Durant, wrong. You've got it right on Durant, paper all the way around. If Durant is healthy, I still have an easier time believing that that's going to be your top team in the West. If they one to one, the other part of it is not like we got a ton of time uh, for everybody to figure everything out. We've we've seen uh, All Star Break, uh, February trade deadline, 
uh, trades have a huge impact on a finals winning team. Uh, Rasheed Wallace comes to mind uh, for the Pistons. But I don't. But but they also have a lot of dysfunction on that team, too. Like, let's not like the DeAndre Ayton situation is volatile at any moment, always his discomfort with another dude who's going to take the ball away from him when it seems like that's all that he wants in this world is to get 12, 15 shots a game like that. They they are certainly not on easy street when it comes to figuring out how to make this work. I agree. Like talent wise. Yeah, it seems like it's three supreme players with the ball in their hand. And I'm not saying like Chris Ball, you wouldn't call a score. But if he's got the ball in the end in his hand at the end of a game, you trust that he's going to figure out what's going to happen. And then you look at Devin Booker. Can he make all the shots? I think he can make all the shots. And then you look at Kevin Durant, he can make all of the shots and then all of the shots that other people can't make. And I just tend to think, I, like if Golden State puts it all together, then sure. The Mavericks and their destruction of the Suns last year says a lot. I think if you replay that series again, it's probably 6 4. It's five, it was, five. It's a close matchup. It was. I don't. Uh, I think it was. It was I think a seven was, game series. The seventh game was just a blowout. I mean, it, wasn't, it made it, it deceptive. Wasn't like the Mavericks dominated the series. Yeah, it, you know? it made it yeah. deceptive. And now you have had Kevin Durant. Granted, you're taking away Mikhail Bridges, uh, which is huge, and Cam Johnson, the, and Cam those, Johnson, yeah. and uh, was Crowder on that team? I'm He's forgetting on this one that feels like forever ago. Right? They didn't. Like, no, he got what? traded to the Bucks. Oh, he did. Who? Crowder. He didn't play the whole season. He just no, sat Crowder out and played. Yeah. They couldn't come to agreement and they traded him. He's going to be, they have the, they have the four guys. They have the four guys that we've already talked about today. And then they have Damian Lee and Tory Craig. And that's it. That, I mean, they're super thin. I, I just want to, I just want to, th- before I lose this thought though, Brad, they, they're, they're a threat in the West for sure, obviously. But like, I don't, if they can't, figure it out this year. I don't know what next year is going to look like for them because I think Chris Paul's ability to old man will a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peaked two years ago. Yeah. He, because he kind of, he, he didn't do to the Mavericks in the playoffs through for the whole series for all seven games. Yeah. He did not do to the Mavs. What one, I expected him to do to the Mavs because he's Chris Paul and two, what I expected him to do to the Mavs because they're the Mavs, even though yeah. they were, Playing better last year at that time, he he was he benched do in, it. in in crucial minutes. Uh, what was yeah. it? Game five, I think. And, yeah. And now he's a year older. His his efficiency on the offensive end is really last on the team in terms of uh, guys that play big minutes. So you know, yes, Durant is good enough, and Booker is talented enough. Although he thinks he's you know like a top five player, and he's really like a top fifteen player. Yeah. It, it, I, they're talented enough to figure it out in the West because, to your point, it's not that cut and dry. You know, Golden State's wishy-washy, Denver's out there, and then the Mavs and the Clippers both could put something together if they get rolling. We didn't even, we didn't even mention if the Grizzlies right their ship. Yeah, but they're they're uh, they're like the little brother. They've they they don't have they don't have the guys that have been there to the level that those other teams have. And even, even the Mavs at this point, because of last year, plus now putting Kyrie in the mix, it's like, you've got more guys that have done it more times. 
So, yeah, I, I just I think this year, and I think you know next year for the Suns, there's there's something in the equation there. But like, I mean, after next I think year, you gotta, they got, you they, gotta, after next year they got nothing, and they got Durant who could pick up and go to whatever team his little weenie wants to go to at that time, and their owner who just bought the team three days ago said he wants to bring in Isaiah Thomas. So he, he retracted that. He re- rescinded that already. Said that ain't happening. Oh, did some, oh someone yeah, who's that already watched that basketball already, in the last thirty years text him and said, "Don't say that." Yeah, that already came out that he's he said that he has no intentions of doing that. Uh, I think he's thinking like, "Dude, I just brought this franchise. If there's even a possibility we can get Durant, let's make a splash, and yeah. we'll worry about 2025 in 2025." I just well, own. I got the team this week, and they told me I could have Kevin Durant on my basketball team. Yeah. Give him my wife. I don't care. Like, which, yeah. By the way, I old, love that he has an old petulant. He has an old petulant superstar. Yeah, he has a young petulant star who thinks he's a superstar, and now he's got the the biggest B superstar that's pretty much, pretty much ever lived. And Fully he just agree sold with you. Out, and he just sold out the maximum allowed number of first round picks over the next eight years that he could get rid of. Fully agree with you. Could be a trash organization come twenty twenty six. I still think next they, year. I think I still think they have uh, a great shot at at least at the very least coming out of the West uh, this year. Uh, I've been hard on the Mavs uh, in my Twitter content. I was already talking shit before the trade even happened. I do want to say I do think they did make the correct conceptual move in trading Dorian Finney-Smith. As much as it hurt me to see him go, he's been my favorite Mavs players going back to 18 when he actually started to get a little traction and started to get some minutes. Uh, to me, he was like the quintessential Rick Carlisle uh, athletic wing, play better under Rick Carlisle, go to somewhere else and you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Like he is the reason why you have a Rick Carlisle, in my opinion. I don't know if they should have kept Rick Carlisle as long as they did, but whatever, that's not what we're here to talk about. Conceptually, I think it was a good idea that they captured maximum value for him. I do have. When this trade first came out, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that the Mavs had already, at the very least, negotiated the two-year uh, extension that they could give Kyrie Irving. Like I thought that was 100% already baked into the deal. To me, it seems crazy that you would give up what I would consider an asset and a first-round pick uh, in Dorian Finnesmith and a first-round pick for the idea that we'll see what happens well, in the offseason but isn't that the perfect approach here? Like you can take a half of a season, find out whether things work. If they do great. I think you have the best shot to resign him. If they don't, you go, I have probably the greatest sign and trade asset in the NBA at the moment. And I can go and use that to grab. I mean, people have suggested that they could trade with the Lakers and get AD through a sign and trade with Kyrie, but Jesus to, Christ, no. Shoot to, me in the head. I'd rather Kyrie Irving. To me, you get you get like the best of both worlds this way. You get to you get to test it and see if it works and then either make the commitment, which that's the thing that scares me the most, or you move on and you get some sort of asset. I mean, I think if anything that this trade deadline reinforces that picks mean nothing and assets mean everything. I'm fine with it as long as they are committed to getting an asset back, but I guess they don't have or assets, 
they don't have total control over that. And we've yeah. also, we also have very little evidence in the last decade that they're able to commit to that asset management approach, which they employed for Dirk's entire prime of his career and obviously to good results. And yet we have a better than Dirk superstar now, and we aren't showing that we're committed to that approach yet. Maybe this is going to change it. Uh, but I hope that's the case. I hope what Jason says is true. I hope that if Kyrie doesn't want to sign here or we don't want him for four more years, that a sign and trade is what happens. Because yeah, then you just at least have the assets. You've got to have the assets to make yeah. the trades. That's that was it, you know, we did it every year from from the 2000 draft with Cuban's first draft until read the CBA. And since read the CBA, it's like we pretend like there's no market out there that gets made by other people's moves and strategies that we need to live in. And it's like, we're over here trying to be market makers and you can't do that in a sports league. The Christian Wood thing is what concerns me more than any other piece. The fact that they have not done something with him because he could very easily walk off and you get nothing for a guy that you definitely should get something for. You either need to sign that guy or you need to get something for him before he walks. Cause I mean, you wouldn't blame him if he said, I'm not, I, I don't no, want to stay. Of course he'll not. Get, he'll, there may not be a big, a huge market for him to get the, the kind of deal that he is seeking in an extension right now, which is what, like four for 80 type, which money, is why right? he'll walk. Am right. I, because yeah, but that's why, he'll, yeah, that's why I'm he'll walk. It, if that market doesn't exist, am I right on the number? Like, is that the general ballpark? I think you guys know. Yeah, I think that's right. Regardless, it's like mid tier, you know, type, you know, not, you know, upper mid tier type stuff, I guess, is what he wants. But um, he may not get that in free agency, but whatever he does get, that is in itself an asset under your management. And so you right. need to try and again, acquire and stockpile assets so that you can actually make deals and he's going to have some value. I think he's proven that with the team this year. The thing that I find interesting is it looks pretty clear. Granted, we're only two games in, but it looks pretty clear to me that the Mavs are finally going to play with some tempo. It was getting talked about in the couple weeks leading up. I've been talking about it. I think since like Lucas second or third year that they should, they have Luca, they should play faster. And then it's been getting talked about the last couple of months I've noticed. And I was on inside the NBA about a month ago, I was watching one night and I think it was Kenny Smith who said, look, it may have even been Charles. Charles normally isn't this insightful because he's trying to be funny. But one of them said, you know, Luca is so good He's good when he plays fast. He's good when he plays slow. He, he's good at any tempo. He said, but if you get out and run, the guys that are not as offensively skilled look better when they're out in, out in the open court because the shots are in the flow. The shots are going to be more open. You just have to find a way to get the opportunity to run and make a point to do it. And part of me wonders is, has this entire like cement shoes era of Mav basketball done in part because Luca has so little help and he he can't run for 40 minutes like that. If we run, if we start running now starting this week a little bit, does that even if 
you don't want Irving or Irving doesn't want you long term, does that show other other people that could come play here that are on a star level? Holy shit, if Luca just gets somebody that's on the floor and is better than Porzingis, it's like the it's like to the moon. You know, that's what I'm hoping is at least the minimum outcome of this, right? You- I remember when we talked to Skin, one of the things I was telling him I didn't understand about this team, and Name I didn't drop. know if it was Luca or Rick Carlisle, the uh, why don't they look for easy buckets? You can't run for 40 minutes, obviously, and as soon as you get into the playoffs, games slow down, obviously. But part of like not killing yourself is trying to get easy transition, fast advance, Let's get our into our set, or let's just go quickly. And he has just been, from the time he got here, it seems like deliberately so plotting. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you see Which, it? Oh, sorry, yeah. Brad, go ahead. Which leads me to the question. The next question, I think I don't. I'm. I don't think fit is up in the air. But if you come to the conclusion that Luca has been deliberately so plotting and Kyrie is going to look to push pace, and you're going to give uh, your Josh Greens more run, does this take some adjustment from your ball-dominant, big ego, I like to fuck with the crowd, I want it all on my shoulders, superstar, and are we going to figure out, can he do that, and secondly, do we start to, if this longest I'm question to fig- ever, Rylan, the longest question out. here comes yeah. dark cloud. Here's yeah. what you're saying. If yeah. Luca comes in and cause here's the thing, should we trade him? The last yeah, two, the, la- the last two games of Kyrie and a bunch of dudes that aren't that great have been infinitely more enjoyable than Luca and a bunch of dudes that aren't that great for the last three years. Stylistically, it's not even close. But even setting aside the style, the style yields better results because yeah. of what I just said five minutes ago, which is that it's easier for so-so players to score in transition than it is when they're standing there for 14 seconds. If you while, tell Josh Green, you got to be yeah. going full speed, make one dribble and put the ball up. Or it's you good. tell Josh Green, I'm giving you the ball five seconds left on the shot clock. There's going to be a, run, a defender running at you in the corner. Make the right play. Which Did one of those see? is he going to do better? But it's but that's a good point you make because it's also a function of Thank you. the roster construction not reflecting people with Josh Green's skill set. I mean, the reason I was high on Josh Green early in the year is I saw how much better he was last year with Kidd in, instead of Carlisle which you can say that's him. You can say that's the coaches. You can say that's him being older. It's probably a combination of everything. But he improved dramatically last year. And this year, he looked like he had taken another step in limited minutes. But I was saying very early in the season, he has things we don't have on the roster. We really don't didn't have that on the roster. And now that he's stepped up, it, and now you have Kyrie, both of them together, that's two guys now that are going to that, that have that quickness, right? And I think... Brad, to respond to what you were saying about Luca, he's such a basketball savant. He he's he's like the Stevie Wonder of basketball. He was doing mm-hmm. it with the men when he was a literal child. Okay, so not he blind can either. And yeah, except he could see. Well, but, I think know, they both can see. We know we, that we don't know. Yeah, it's still up in the air. He has to adjust. 
if he if he can't make this team be the best it can be with Kyrie Irving, then then you know what we're 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 we're, we're trading him for for four first rounders in two years. Did you see the Josh Green quote last night that Brad Townsend posted? Because he should be able to make them better. Sorry, Jace. I just want to say, like him, someone with his skill set should be able to make any group of guys better. So what did can Josh I, Green say? Can I guess? Yeah. Sure. What he said, can, like yeah. something along the no, line. This is going to be a great game. Get the, the apology beat ready. Did he say, I'm not going to do his Australian accent. Did he say, nur, we, of course we want Luca back. No. <laughs> he said, nur, of course we want Luca on. The, no, I'm sorry. No. Take it all back. Nur. No. Nur. No. Nur. Not nur. Did he say nur. something along the lines of, hey, uh, when we're playing with pace or when we are playing wide open like that, it's a little bit easier to operate than it is with Luca uh -huh. dominating the ball. I think he implied that he, the uh, Brad asked if the Mavs are going to continue playing up tempo when Luca comes back. And he said, we've talked about it as a team and Luca's totally on board. Yes. Okay. Which I found that interesting that they had but, to have some sort of, yes, talk. yes. Like why is Jason Kidd not saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, a coach that gets to watch this game from the sideline. And I'm noticing that we definitely need more pace here. Let's do that. Instead of the team having a meeting to decide that they're going to run more. feels weird. Uh, two things, Jason kid to me, while you can't argue with the results, it's a little revisionist to say uh, he's just had this whole thing figured out the whole time. The start of last season was ugly and people working into December and into January did not feel great about where this team was headed. They were meddling around 500 and Tim Hardaway Jr. got hurt. And then he was kind of forced to give Jalen Brunson more minutes, but that was not his initial uh, thought when they were putting together the, the, the veterans group or the, what are the tier one group or just helping determine starting lining up? What, what do they call that? They, the they had the, it was a, yeah, the team council where they, you know, we're getting inputs on on starting lineups. And so like Jalen Brunson comes on and he's like this jolt of life replacing Tim Hardaway Jr.'s minutes. And then Jalen Brunson kind of turns into Jalen Brunson, who it looks like he actually was that player the whole time. If you've watched his season at all this year, uh, um, I'm not trying to say they made the wrong decision, not signing him. I'm just saying to me. There have been a couple of situations where Jason Kidd has been forced into making different decisions, either because of mm -hmm. injuries or being shorthanded because of this trade coinciding with Luca's injury. And so he's been forced to play different players. Uh, I believe our friend Jake uh, said that uh, he heard that Jason Kidd might not have even been into the trade uh, for Kyrie. And so while I think the decisions that he arrives at um, turn out to be correct, I don't think any of these were his first inclinations and then his hand was forced. And then the results from his hand being forced has turned out to be good. And I think that might be what the pace conversation was. If they did have some sort of breakdown or intervention in the locker room of, Hey, let's push the ball and he's thinking, not my first choice, but when I look out with what we got right now, yeah, we need to push the ball. I don't understand how you could deny it's two games. I don't want to overstate it. It's it's been two games. Josh Green has been trending upward without question. 
he's an energetic, fast-paced kind of player. So I think if you're going to capture his full value, you should play with pace at least a little bit, right? He's getting his hand on deflections and he's he's getting rebounds and going. So a little bit of that is dictated to, by the situation. To me, though, if you had to force Jason Kidd's hand and you had to kind of tell Luca, hey, bud, 57% usage rates, unicorn level usage rates are not sustainable. It's not team basketball. It puts more pressure on those players to make those decisions with a finite amount of time near the end of a shot clock. It's not putting people in position to get into the flow of the game. We need to run with some pace. If that wasn't, if it took trading for Kyrie Irving for that to be understood, I guess that's a good thing. But if that wasn't being talked about before, maybe Luca has his handprints on this thing in a different way than what I thought, or maybe everybody else thinks. Yeah, I, just I don't, don't think I don't think we can ever know the answer to why this is. But I have long wanted to know why they weren't playing with more pace. Me too, and. I've, I, I just there. I don't know if I, I don't know why. I'll also say per, to your comment about last season. I also think just not having Tim Hardaway Jr. active makes your team better. I'm to that. I'm at that is now my that is now my position. If they release him with that, whatever this little window is here, where you can release players and then go sign with another team before the playoffs, like I would not. He is not on paper a bad player by any stretch, but I've yet to see a scenario in his now, I guess, what, nine-year career, 10-year career, where he actually simultaneously produces and makes a team better. I just, it it doesn't work. I don't know why. I don't care why. It's addition by subtraction. It's not that he's a bad guy. It's not that he's doing anything particularly bad other than missing open shots. But other guys miss open shots too. Hell, that's been 70% of the Mavs roster for the last three seasons is guys missing open shots. It's just weird stuff. Yeah, Tim Hardaway just, it's not productive in the team concept. I don't get it. I I can't identify it. I mean, he was on the council though. He was on the council though, just deciding starting lineups because he's a veteran. Yeah, and and you know because he's somehow five inches taller than his dad. Why can't I be five inches taller than who did Tim Hardaway Senior marry? By the way, to have a six foot five six son. I'm I'm taller than my dad. Like Tim Hardaway Senior is like my height. Meanwhile, my dad's six three. So if I was if I hit the Tim Hardaway Junior lottery, I'd be six eight and I'd be dunking on you guys. You never dunk on me. I understood never. Tim Hardaway Jr. getting uh, minutes in the first couple years after the Knicks uh, KP trade. That makes sense. You look at this team right now in this situation, and I know you got a superstar. You got another superstar in Kyrie Irving. You got Jason Kidd, who seems like he airs towards playing the veterans. Uh, but if you look at this situation right now and you tell me, I want less minutes for uh, Josh Green and Jaden Hardy, and more minutes for somebody who I can, for whatever reason, trust, like Tim Hardaway Jr., I'm going to tell you you're insane. All you can do is trust him to make your team be a 500 team. And, and you know, if you, if, if, if you want to weigh that against Jaden Hardy, I'll, I'll hear that out because Jaden Hardy's like 14 years old and he just broke through. He's he going to turn getting, the ball over, but like, start again. Start getting minutes in the NBA. But, but Josh Green has... <laughs> You look at that Warriors. At this you look at that Warriors team last year. Jordan Poole was a, a G League superstar that they developed into a guy that could come in 
who's super young and put him in a position. And they even said, I, as a big Draymond Green podcast fan, I listened to almost every podcast he put out uh, there for like a year and a half. And he even said, talk with Steph, talk with Clay. If we're going to make a run, it's because our young guys stepped up. It's because our young guys developed from the start of the season who they were to the end of the season when we needed them needed to be able to count on them. And that turned out to be true. And 100% yeah, the Mavs turned out haven't to be had true. guys like that since Nelly because Rick and Kid both are very very big and hugging on their veterans. Yeah, but you know? now they I mean, have that's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a strategy or whatever, it's a philosophy, but you know, I think the we've seen enough with the way this team is built that it's time for again, it's time to trade Tim Hardaway for a spork. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not that he's bad. He just I don't want him on my team anymore. So guys, I um I went to go look and see if I could purchase some tickets to a Lakers game on a Sunday at 2.30. So I was like, man, I'd love to go see the Lakers game. Okay. Cheapest ticket you're going to get right now is about $250. Yeah. In the last hmm. level, in the last row of the upper level. Look up section. Tell me what they're going for in section 204. I won't let you sell those on Step Up. I won't do it. No, I'm, go- I'm uh, going. I have those tickets, but I want to know how much, because I think... I pay like 75 bucks for him. God. Did y'all see? All you, gotta, all you gotta do is commit in March. That's all you gotta do. Commit in all March, got- write a write a write a fifteen hundred dollar check, which is like one tenth of a dog incident for Jace, and then you and you reap the rewards for the remainder of the That's year. That's right. I'm doing that next season. How many games is that? Ten games? Ten games. Let's I'm do it. I'll it. sit it next to you. More, Let's sit next to each other. Can it we might get be t- more like sixteen hundred now? But it's not, it's in that range. It's not like 204, you platinum, said? Platinum level. 204? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What Can row? Can you see skin? Uh, we walk right past him, but I mean, I don't like run up in the middle of the broadcast and give him no, a No, I'm saying, can you visibly with your eyes uh-huh. make yeah. his yeah. facial distinctions out? What We're what, like we're like one section over, yeah. What row? Okay. What row? Uh, like D or E. One of the, We're on the next Look, to the back row. Section 204. 204 row D right now, two tickets, $666 each. Jesus. Shit, I could p- practically pay for my... Your whole season. Oh, man. You should do uh, it. I, uh, I don't know, dude. I want Speaking go to of game. Lakers like and basketball. LeBron James, and mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, I'll give you all my take. I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be probably a fun season if you could get over your distaste for uh, Kyrie Irving, if that's something that you have. Um I think it's probably going to be a fun end of season for the Mavericks. I don't know how far they go. I don't know if I consider them contender, but I do think they're in that five to seven best teams in the league range. They're in. They're now in the conversation for making noise, whereas yeah. two weeks ago you're like, there's no noise to be made. It would have been, to me, it would have been massive if they could have gotten out of the first round two weeks ago. Um, so, uh, oh, I forget my, oh, my point was, I think it's going to be a fun season. I think in watching LeBron James, and then I also read uh, where he was, he, he, I believe he told press, I was sad we didn't get Kyrie Irving. I want to play with Kyrie Irving. I think after watching that man break the scoring record, and it, wanted, it was one of those points of reflection, weird, unstable situation where they stopped the whole game with 10 seconds left in the thir- third quarter. It's just a weird scene. But I watched a lot of that game uh, from the time I knew that he was on record patrol. Yeah, I, I, watched, I watched probably of- 10 minutes leading up to it or so. 
And it struck me because I don't watch a ton of Lakers. I see highlights and whatnot, but I don't watch a ton of Lakers on my, my league pass. He's not even at the point in the in his career where you would say, hey, big fellow, why don't you just go be a stretch four? He's no, not even at the hindered point of his career to where you would say tremendous athletic fall off. We'll do it, that when he's like 44, he can go be a stretch four. It does. It looks insane. And so that to me says him and Kyrie are going to talk whenever their seasons end here. And Kyrie is going to say, yeah, I'm going to go play in L.A. One, so I can still capitalize on LeBron being a good player. I don't even care if Anthony Davis is going to play half of the games, but I can capitalize on LeBron still being a good player. And as he deteriorates, I'm still going to have a wonderful stretch four that I can run a pick and roll with. And it's LeBron James and it's L.A. I think not to be doomsayer cloud. If even if everything works out, I think Kyrie is a, a an L.A. Laker next year. Okay, But why would he do that over playing with a guy who's it's 20... L.A. and it's LeBron? Yeah, but still, man. I, like, and, I think... and to me. His whole thing, like once they had their kind of little makeup, he left the Cavs for non-basketball reasons. He didn't want to play off the ball. He didn't want to play next to somebody who was so ball dominant. Right. And he's kind of gotten grown a little bit and done a little bit of understanding and kind of had his whole when he I think he was in Boston, had his whole. uh Yeah, I kind of realized what was on LeBron. And, uh, you know, maybe I didn't handle that situation the best. He's kind of had his understanding. So now he's going to go get to play with LeBron where he could be the ball dominant player. Nobody would question the situation in which Kyrie is the higher usage rate out of those two players when he goes to the Lakers. And the understanding would be there that, that Kyrie could be running that team, at least on the court with the ball in his hands. And I think that's what he wants is the ball in his hands. Do you, I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea what Kyrie wants. I don't think anybody knows what Kyrie wants. I don't think Kyrie knows or he does know it's going to change, but I do think that he, there's a good chance that he views this as, as an opportunity for him to say, see, look what I can do with another superstar and, and beyond uh, better, you know, better behavior in terms of focus on basketball so that he can get four more years and get paid. And I think it's highly likely to Brad's point that he wants to do that with someone specific and it's probably LeBron. But man, he talks constantly about how horrible the media is in New York and how he's so happy to be at a place where the media is not just hounding on every move and creating drama. Do you think he wants yeah, to Yeah, but after to 3 LA? months of that, he may after 3 months of that, he may talk himself into, "Oh, well, it's not that big of a deal." You know what I'm saying? Maybe. He just seems like he's he, the way he he goes, he just seems like he's very like he's like when my dog sees a squirrel, you know, the media was the squirrel. Now that squirrel's gone. He's going to chase a different squirrel here. Then he's going to forget about the media squirrel. And then he's going to go to a big market and see the media squirrel again. Yeah, because it's not like when he got here and started talking to the media, he was making different discernments. He was still referring to the people in Dallas as the media. Like he was still saying, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> maybe there's a few less or maybe there's a uh, there's less than in L.A. Vibe. But he was still saying like you guys. Like he was still talking about his time in Brooklyn as you guys in the group that you're a part of. He, he you peopled him. 
Yeah. And yeah. You know. Yeah. Which is, by the way, it, 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 to me, if Kyrie leaves this offseason and the Mavericks pick up, like, grab another dude who is, uh, you know, a, a, a really fantastic complimentary piece for Luca and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Maybe a D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I'm fine. I got no problem with the trade. I, I, I just, to me, it's a, a no lose here unless. If they wind up with Anthony Davis on this team, I, I'm. Why I does he I hate? Would... Why does he hate injury prone big men so much? <laughs> he hates everything. That's just who he is. I thought I disliked this Kyrie Irving trade because of games played. Just look at like how it's deteriorated and it how big because it's all because yeah, of non basketball shit. And then dude, a you're going to take that, a lot of that is non basketball stuff. A ton that's what of I'm saying. Non basketball stuff. That, to me, that's Anthony even more Davis, frustrating. Anthony, it is, but it's also, it's also, I would say, what, 60 to 70% of it, if not more, is all COVID related? Yeah, because that's uh, like three, and, and three the, years. And let's be perfectly honest Kyrie Irving's not the only un, unvaccinated player in the NBA. No doubt. But that, he was the guy that got in, in trouble in Brooklyn because of where he was and when it happened. And, you know, I mean, if you couldn't look at the situation in Boston and be like, I'm set here, dude. You put that's true. You put Kyrie Irving next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If you couldn't look at that situation and say our windows line up styles of play, what they do well, what I do well, it all fits together. Tremendous. You look at the Celtics falling short without you add Kyrie Irving to the team that the Celtics have taken two deep runs into the playoffs the past few years. We're having a completely different conversation. Like this is insane. That that Celtics team would be in the conversation for the way. I, yeah, I mean, I'm I not saying dynasty. Logical, I, just, I don't think there's a logical way to explain how he handled Boston, other than that was just the next chapter at the time of Kyrie being Kyrie. Which, which is I why just, I just hope they get something for him. Like Jason said, yeah. they got to get something for him. If 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 the the Mav fan land is going to explode, if we have a July first dry powder situation. People D'Angelo Russell, their shit. Mo Bamba, no. D'Angelo Russell's free this year, so it would have to be another so sign and trade. It'd have to be another sign and trade. Thirteen, be baby. Anthony Edwards. Well, they're just blowing it up in Minnesota. They gave up their whole future and, for Rudy Gobert, and now they're just going to be like, "Fuck it, we're done." And ain't far from that point, man. They hate each other on that team so I, I mean has anybody liked rudy gobert no, no of course not I, but you no. don't have to lie i mean you got a guy that's that much of an out outlier in terms of a specific skill set you put him on the right team he immediately makes you a title contender so learn to get along come on guys i'd take him on the mavericks in a heartbeat rudy gobert i would too yeah yeah y'all are disgusting Y'all are absolutely oh, you, disgusting. You you know what, Brad? The reason you're not a good fan is because you don't think about sports. You think about everything but the actual sport. I y'all are disgusting. No, just I don't be, want him style of play. Fan. I don't want him style of play at all. Like what he yeah, does I hate on defensive the court. shot blocking big men. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Who are completely Me useful too. on the offensive end and just clog up space. Well, if you you're, it doesn't matter. We got Luca. Yeah. I mean, tell me Rudy Gobert wouldn't be perfect in old style of Mavericks play. Where it yeah, takes I was going to say, I, everything you just said sounded great in 2005. Yeah. I would have loved him to play along Dirk when the, the, the style of the game dictated a player like Rudy Gobert being dominant. 
Now he's dominant versus Charlotte in January. Awesome. Great. Love it. Maybe we do tell Luca just to keep slowing it down and take 15 seconds to get down to the other side of the court and Rudy Gobert's down there. You post him up every single play. And run a, hey, yeah, run a pick and roll for Rudy Gobert where he's sealing, where I he's just sealing uh, Jokic. That, that's, what, that's, what, that's what he's going to do. Where he's stealing Rylan, Joker give me that all day. And, and giving me a little bunny hook. Give me that yeah, all day. Great. I take eight, eight and two, eight and in a heartbeat. I would have like gone ape shit if they had been able to get I would have had no problem with Aiden. Yeah. We we, we got to get out of this. We we all do this as basketball fans. And I know we're kind of running out of time, but we all do this as basketball fans, which is when there's a big man that is not like the perfect big man for the zeitgeist of the day in the league, because it's harder for big men because they feel... Tell as me the about styles, it. As the styles swing and evolve, it's like the results of the big man are the most variable, Right. And they're they're mostly subject to a lot of other factors they can't control. And so when a guy doesn't slot perfectly in with the style of his team or the style of the league, or like I said, just the general like atmosphere of the game of basketball at the time, we all just we shit on the big man harder because we see a big athletic guy and we're like, damn, why can't he do this and this? If you just take all that away and just focus on what those bigger guys can do well and treat them no different than you would in a six foot seven inch role player, then then you can really see, yeah, I would have taken Aiden. Hell yeah. I'm not expecting I, uh, him to be a cornerstone, but I would have absolutely worked with what he brings to the table. I think I've said this uh, before, but I'd be okay if for like call it the next the for the length of Luca's contract that they don't have what would be considered a traditional big man. I'd be happy with that. I'd be just fine with that. Well, traditional in what context? Because they're traditional in the context of like how if you're we you're saying game, we need a rim protector anymore. like Gobert, or if we need a back to the basket guy uh, like what a, a Joker could do. Like I no, I'm okay. good. Well, well find me no serviceable more, level Kavon Looney, and I'm there are yeah. no more back to the basket guys unless they're an MVP level talent like the guy you just mentioned. So, yeah. but if you mean traditional in the sense of a rim protector that can also roll to the rim on offense, then that's exactly what you want. I don't, I don't want a Why not? big man. You don't want Luca with, a, I don't even think, I don't think Gobert is actually a good rolling big man. I don't, I'm not talking about Gobert. I'm saying, although again, I would work with I, to me, the back too. to the basket MVP is in the same category as the rolling big man with good hands to the basket who can make a decision. If, he does uh, get faced up or get you doubled on want, the roll. I, I don't think there's, that. I don't think that guy's out there. Anthony After, Davis might be the best shot at it. And I want no parts of Anthony Davis. Well, you, yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying that that's, there's nothing wrong with an athletic defensive big man that can play in the pick and roll on offense. He, he might not me be a, a gangbuster. Could be Bring, me a, bunch of, bring could, me a bunch of Kavon loonies in here. I'm good with it. Never, any, never expend capital to the level of Rudy Gobert money for Luka Doncic's prime. I don't no, know. no one's saying to do. No one's saying to do that. But I'm saying if you, if you just if plug land it in your lab, if yeah. you plug them in because that was one of your options, you take it. Yeah, of course. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not and advocating for a for a four year, hundred eighty million dollar deal for Gobert. You never I heard you up? just say I would have a Gobert Stadia edition by end of business. That's what you just said. No, you're saying that because yeah. you're imagining that I'm imagining Gobert as like our Shaquille O'Neal in nineteen ninety four. And I'm not imagining that. The Mavericks should get somebody like Shaq. That would be a good idea. 
you know, they should get somebody like Michael Jordan, probably too. That'd be a good idea. I'm glad you ended the show, idiot. <laughs> what a horrible show. Started off terrible with Brad's just X-rated joke series and ended with, we should get Shaq. Dude, when you have buttered toast, is the butter at least salted? Yeah, I yeah, use Irish butter only. Irish butter only, okay. of course. Well, but I yeah. keep the butter out on the counter. Me too. You, so it's soft you, all the time. Yeah. But you don't you shouldn't leave non-salted butter out on the counter. That's a, sure. Yeah. Not a good I just mix. use unsalted butter for cooking. Yeah. And then there if you I go. need to use butter for some other immediate application, I make sure it's something I just that's can't already believe, seasoned. I cannot believe the idea of like a beautiful sourdough freshly toasted with a smear of butter on it doesn't just get your pants horny. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't enjoy eating it, but I'd rather drink three beers on a Tuesday than eat than eat bread oh, and butter on it. We are Counting not the macros. same. Counting we are not macros. the same. Yeah, we are not the same. Tell your mom to listen. Bring the bread, butter in on both sides. We'll holler at you.